because they don't know what Elijah knew. All the gifts of the Spirit operated in the Old Testament except speaking in tongues. The only thing that they didn't operate was speaking in tongues. Because they were dead in their spirit, so they, they couldn't speak in tongues. But every other gift of the Spirit operated. All of them. Elijah was operating in great anointing because Elijah knew something. You know, remember, I opened my servant's eyes so he would see something. So they knew, he knew something that people don't even know today because it's not in our program. It's not our priority. We're too busy chasing the, chasing the cheaper stuff that is totally powerless and limited in value. But is it not these things that we can't do now that will stop you coming for Bible study, stop you studying your Bible, stop you seeking God? Is it not these things? Elijah knew something. Look at it there, First Kings chapter 17 from verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite. Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, that made all the difference. He said, there's a God that stands before him. I know his presence. It's right here. And when he spoke to God, he said, God, do this thing. So they know that I did it at your word. I commune with you. I know your presence. You talk with me. You instructed me to do this. Didn't wake up to do that. And he shot him. That guy shot him. Talk of power. Talk of God putting approval on what a man says. He says that he didn't let what Samuel said drop to the ground. He put approval in every word that Samuel uttered. It was divine approval on it. God said, approved, approved. And because he was approved, he put his anointing on it. Boom! It came forth to the ground. And that's the kind of life we should be living. Before whom I stand. And because he knew that, look at what that man said. Can I have the scripture up here if it's possible to help me? He says, there shall, there shall not be due nor rain these years, but according to my word. Are you kidding me? This is a human being like me. Controlling the entire world and saying, you see no dew, no rain, according to what I say. He said, I know before whom I stand. I take authority from him. What I'm saying is office authority. That's what Jesus did. Spoke of divine authority. Again, let me tell us, brethren, it's not running around and doing all so many things. It's, it's, has God approved of this? That's the huge question. Job chapter 19, 25. When these people who knew his presence, they lived a very powerful life, very, very different life. Look at Job 19, 25. For I know that my Redeemer lives. Job, you know the Redeemer? He lives. Not dead. You don't talk to Job about Corona. He's not afraid of Corona. He knows his Redeemer lives. He knows his presence. He's not just reading Bible. He's not just doing, you know, doing, doing church on neutral. You know, we go to church, we pray, do this on neutral that is really lifeless. And he shall stand at the last on, on the on the earth. He said, I'm not talking of he's on the earth right here. He's here. And then he was passing through stuff. He was, look at what he said. He said, and after my skin 
is destroyed. This I know. That in my flesh I shall see God. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. He said, nothing. I don't afraid of things. My skin can destroy, but I see God. Because I know he lives. And you can now see how that man stood his ground against the onslaught of Satan. You cannot see because God was real to him. His spiritual eye was not so blinded. He, was, he knew that God was there. And that was why every single time he said, oh, I don't know if my children have done this and that. Because he knew that God was there. He was aware of that. And there are two keys I want to consider that are relevant to this thing we are talking about. Remember, I want to solve this problem of living in blindness to the presence of God. And that affects everything we do. Now we want to consider two keys that will help us begin to crave and pursue and pray and seek to know God's presence. Let me tell us the truth. It's all part of knowing God. Knowing God is not just reading the Bible. You should come to know his presence and come to know his voice. The Bible says that the voice of God had not been revealed to Samuel. So he was going to the wrong person. People who don't know his voice, they go to prophets and pursue prophets and pursue men. People who know his voice go straight to him because they know he's talking. People who don't know his voice, they look for prophets. They look for everything. But those who know his voice go to the source of the voice. They go back to him. And so one of the things that will make you seek to know his presence is when you come to realize that without him you can do nothing. That's part of it. You see how the Thursday Bible studies now dovetails into this one. Because on Thursday, by the grace of God, we are trying to show us how dependent we are on Jesus, that he is the only hope of glory and he is the plan of God for us. There is no other plan and the plan is Christ. And Paul said, I pray, I pray, I travel because I want the church to come to know that Jesus Christ is the plan of God for us. And we demonstrated with a trailer and a, and a tractor how the trailer is useless, still in there until the tractor is, is hooked onto it, and then the tractor will pull it on and bring life to that thing. It, no matter how you load that trailer, it's, it's sitting there, it can rot away. Until that tractor comes in and then connects to it and supplies the power, supplies life, and drag, pulls that thing to where it's supposed to be going. And I said, that's the way it is with us and Jesus. Without him, we can do nothing. Don't let anybody deceive you. You must come to the realization that you cannot do anything on your own. This thing shouldn't be a mental stuff. It should be something you've come to know that I can of my own do absolutely nothing. And when you come to that realization, then seeking to know his presence becomes a priority. Because now you know you depend on him. You really depend on him. You know, it's like somebody closes your mouth and your nose and you know you depend on air. You know you are going to be desperate to be able to breathe in that air because when you know you depend on the Lord, you are going to be desperate to be able to locate him. To be able to hear him. But when you think you can do without him, you can get along without him, 
You know, it's not really important to you. That's when you put your church thing on neutral and then choose what you do and what you don't do. But you know, the songwriter said, I need thee every hour. Need thee every hour. That man knew what he was writing about. Because if, I, if without him I can do nothing, then I need him every hour. And I need him more than anybody else. So that makes me depend on his word. I don't have an option. There is no other option but to do what he says because I can do nothing on my own. I mean, if I choose to do something else, quit means I'm saying, you know, I can get along without you. I found something better than what you're saying. You, the couple. That sounds, that makes him not approve of what you're doing. Look at what Jesus said. About him and his father. John 8, 28. When you have lifted up the son of man on the cross, then you will understand that I am he. I do nothing on my own. Amen. <laughs> That's the key. I do nothing on my own. But say only what the father taught me. And the one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted me. Why? For I always recognize him that he's all and all in my life. I always do what pleases him. I always recognize him that I can of my own do nothing. So I wait for his instruction. I look for him for everything, for supply and everything. And he says, because of that, he doesn't leave me. He continues to walk in my life. He keeps revealing himself in my life because I am trusting him. I am looking up to him. I am listening to him. If I say this, it is him. Because it's what he told me. What he taught me. When I do that, he's the one doing it. And so his manifest presence begins to be revealed in his life all the time. I say the thing is I can my own do nothing. Can of my own do nothing. And God wonders, he said, don't you ever go and say my arms have done these things to me. He said, Israel, I brought you and taught you now that when you prosper, don't go and say, it's my arm that has done this thing to me. Because when you do that, you are saying to me, check out of my life. I don't really need you. Now, this is what he said about you and me and him. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. Now, this is God. God is defining his idea of love here now. He said, those who love me are the ones who listen to me. Then, and because they love me, my father will love them. And then look at what happens now. Because they listen to him. Because they depend on him. Because they say, Lord, without you, I can do nothing. I really depend on you for everything. And because of that, and I will love them and reveal myself to each one of them. Reveal. You know, we pray a lot, and that's good, man. We should pray. I mean, I'm all in prayer. We should pray. But pretty soon you see that this also affects our prayer. Because not every, it's not every prayer that God puts his approval on. That's why I say you pray according to my will. You depend. It's, prayer is not about our will. Prayer is about God's will. Because God will never answer your prayer to violate his will. Violate his will. Because the violation of divine will is sin. 
The purpose of prayer is not, to, it's not about my will or your will. The purpose of prayer is to establish divine will. That's why I said if you pray according to my will. So this thing plays into everything we do in life, including prayer. So Jesus said, when you begin to do what I tell you, depend on me, I will manifest, I will reveal myself to you. You will know my manifest presence. You'll come to know, he's here. He's here. The second key to this, when we have lifted up, it says, it says, it said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He. When you have lifted up the Son of Man, and we sing it all the time, lift Him up higher, lift Him up higher. The Lord is good, and I will lift Him up. And everywhere I go, I will lift Him up. Do you know what we sing? One time the Lord told me, say, if, if people believe half of the songs they sing, he said, my power will explode in every service. He said, but because they sing out of mental stuff, they don't really know what they're talking about. Not to talk about believing. You know what it means? Jesus said, when the Son of God is lifted up, then you will know I'm He. That's when you see the revelation of me, that I'm He. I'm He. When you lift me up, what does it mean? It means to exalt Him above every person. Exalt His word. He said, everywhere I go now, I will lift him. That's what we sing. Well, if I'm going to lift him up above all, it means his word becomes supreme over every other word. I cannot put his word secondary to my word and say I'm lifting him up. I will not see his, the revelation of his glory or his presence. It's there but it, it, because he's not working. He's not putting his approval on the second, on my word I've exalted above him. He can't put his anointing on those things and the actions that come out of it. So how can I see him at work? I can't see him at work. So he says, quiet. That's why the Bible says, don't quench the spirit. You stop it. Because what you're doing is your word. What you're doing is your word. What you're doing is your wisdom. What you're doing is your friends. What you're doing is the culture of this world. What you're doing is what people are doing. And you're doing that, he can't put his approval. He can't be party to that. So you quench the spirit. You stop him. He's watching you. All those things you are doing can be approved of men, but we never reveal his presence. We never, because he's not a participant. He's not the one doing all of that. So you can't afford to do your own thing. Look at what Jesus said. John 14, 28. You can pull this one up. I'm not sure. John 14, 28. Kim James Russian. John 14, 28. You don't have it in the script I gave you, but it's okay. You can pull it up. You've heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. This is John 14, 28. If you loved me, you would rejoice. You would rejoice because I said I go unto the Father, for the Father is greater than I. That is lifting his Father above all. He's not competing with the Father. He said, my Father is greater than I. You can see why he depended on his Father. There's nothing greater than my father, no wisdom greater than my father's, no word greater than my father's. And I made myself subject to my father. I came to do the will, oh God, because you are greater than I. That's how to lift him up everywhere I go. That's how. 
If he says stop, you stop. If he says forgive, you do that. If he says do that, you do that. And the scripture says if you do that, more will be revealed to you. You begin to see more of his manifest activity because now he's the one saying those words and performing it. As he's performing it, you see his divine, his divine activity, his presence is being revealed in you and through you. Then in, in John 10, 29, he said something amazing to My father which gave them me is greater than all. It's amazing. He said, there's nobody who can come give me instruction and a lesson when my father has told me what to do. It's greater than all. I don't care whether it is the mainstream culture, the mainstream, my father is greater than the mainstream. My father is greater than Corona. Corona. My father is greater than all. You can make me afraid. My father is greater than, and no man is able to pluck them out of my hand because my father is greater than all of them. All of them. All of them. You can't pluck his blessings out of my hand because my father is greater than you, greater than all of them. And God put approval on what Jesus did. Everything he did was approved of God. And by the way God shows his approval is to put his anointment, to put his power, is to put his presence back of it, to be engaged in that thing. And when God is engaged in something, you better get out because you can't, you can't stop it. Because when God opens a door, nobody closes it. You know why people pray all this fearful prayer? Because they're not sure who's behind what they're doing. I told you people who know his presence, they don't argue. They don't argue. They don't need to argue anything. Somebody said something, and I think it's true. He said, Jesus never in his lifetime tried to prove to anybody he was right. He would just tell you the truth and keep quiet. He never tried to make people say, oh, look at how good he is. Or, you know, try to argue with you to prove that you know you're wrong, grandma. He would just say, he said, I came to bear witness to the truth. That's how he would tell you the truth. Back off. And husband and wife, if you walk with this principle, there won't be quarrel. Because all you need to do is to say what you know. Keep quiet now. Let God do the rest because you depend on him. Let God just justify you or teach you that this thing you are saying is not me. It's pride that makes us argue, force, fight, prove the point. Want to show the other person you are wrong and right. And then you can argue all day because it's pride. You want to exalt yourself. But when you know his presence, you stay what you know. Say it and keep quiet. He is the guide of your life. You depend on him. So he can teach you and say, you know that thing you say is wrong. Really? That's being humble. And so let's look at Jesus. Acts 2.22. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God. Oh, yeah, because he said... I can of my own do nothing, depend on my father. And he's greater than all, trust my father. And then God approved of him. And then look at how God showed his approval. God showed his approval by manifest presence and what God was doing through him, for him, and by, for him, by him. His word never fell to the ground. The word of Samuel never fell to the ground because he was approved of God. Approved of God. 
If you do a project that is of God, it will never fall to the ground. You don't need to defend it. The person that started it will complete it. The person that told you to do it will, will come. I, I don't care what comes against it. Corona can take you down. Nothing. Because my father is greater than all. They might try, but <laughs> Jesus said, if you reject me, reject my father. It's not me, because he's the one saying all this. You have, you have to deal with him, not me. And that's true. That's why people who know his presence, they are the most peaceful people, but very powerful. Because they don't have to defend anything. Remember, you can do nothing. He told the Jews, he said, you can do nothing against the truth now. That's like, the truth is like pregnancy. It will find an issue. You can hide it. You can fight against it. Do whatever you like to do. But you see this truth, it will find an You can tell lies, gossip against it, gang up against it. You are wasting your time because the truth is of God. It will break through and people will finally see it. A man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs. You see how God shows divine activity in his life? Miracles, wonders, and signs which God did by him in the midst of you. And you yourself also know. He saw this sign of his approval. is his manifest presence. Manifest presence. Acts chapter 10 verse 38. Acts chapter 10 verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. See what I'm saying? God put his anointing on him because he put his approval on him. God will not anoint something he doesn't approve. God cannot empower what he doesn't approve because that we've been dragging God to do sin, to commit sin. Will not. And God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost, with the Holy Ghost and with power. Call man, talk about power. This is the ultimate power. You don't, you don't mess with divine anointing when it's real. Oh, you don't mess with, I don't care what corona is. Anointing shreds every, you destroys every, destroys corona, shreds it, evaporates it. You, you, are you kidding me? This is the ultimate power. There is nothing comparing with this. Nothing. Everything bows to it. This is the almighty God we're talking about. We're talking about American government. We're not talking about human things. We're talking about the almighty God who stopped the universe. He stopped the universe. He stopped the sun. He said, I'm not moving. Corona? <laughs> Corona. You're not sleeping. David said, even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no. Why? I know he's there. I mean, these guys that know his presence, you don't, they don't, they don't, <laughs> they don't sleep move. Yeah, because they know something. The prophet said, open the eyes of my servant. He's afraid. He doesn't see your presence. When the man saw shadows of fire, he said, oh, whoa. He better have been there. A man anointed. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. That's not only Jesus. You and I should also be anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. We are for signs and wonders. But the key is that we need to know that you don't, go, you don't extract this anointing by force. You don't manipulate him into that. You can't bring it by ritualism. you got to live a life that approves. So that he approves what you do. 
And depending on him is being humble. Making yourself of no reputation. So that you can come under his guidance. There's no competition with him. So look at Psalm 1, verse 1. The man upon whom God's put his approval, his anointing, and his presence is being manifested in his life. Look at Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Oh, yeah, because that is the point, man. You keep, you keep your friends as people who mock God. You drink out with them, hang out with them. You spread the anointing of God, put approval there. You're kidding the church must understand that we're dealing with, dealing with the Holy God. This is not a joke. We're not joking. God is not joking. He said, come out from among of them and be separate. Then I can be your God and you be my people. I put my approval on what you do. Because when you do those iniquitous things, I cannot approve them. When you are not loving your wife, God cannot approve it. Or you don't respect your husband either. God is not going to approve all of that. There are a lot of things we do, and we boldness, and we tell, what's Toto Gaga? Toto Gaga. Is there an English that Toto Gaga is a Voga Voga? Is there an English word for Voga Voga? There must be, I don't know. Huh? Huh? Obi says it is. Okay, Obi is speaking French. So, what I'm saying is because of bold face, your church can't correct you. Nobody, people have left you alone. You think God is fooled along with that? <laughs> you don't know him yet. You don't know him yet. You can be doing that, think it's okay. He will just leave you alone. Because he said, those who don't do my word, they deceive themselves. You're deceiving yourself. He's not putting his anointing on that. He's not. It's not everything church does and everybody got anointed. No. That's what I was saying on Thursday. Since go to Europe and see churches that have become hotels, even Newark here, there's a church that is now a hotel. Go to, go to New York. Muslims have bought churches. In fact, there's one mosque they call Victory Church. Victory Mosque, 116-year-old church bought by them. Why? Because the church became a social thing. More involved in archbishop dress, ritualism, than the truth. And men became to speak for God. They began to interpret God's word from their theological knowledge. All over Europe, they built huge theological colleges. The purpose was to, for men to sit down now and interpret God instead of the Holy Spirit giving them the revelation. Churches began to close all over Europe. Go to Europe now, there are tourist attractions all over the place. <clears throat> but thank God that uh, some people now are building Bible colleges. <laughs> what they say? Let's learn how to listen to the Holy Spirit to teach us the Bible. There are very good Bible colleges that do that. So, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. 
Doesn't hang out with people like that. Sunday morning, he's hanging out with those people. Thursday, Bible study, hanging out. He's not there. He's not serious. He's hanging out with two. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in, the, in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That brings forth its fruit in its season because God's approval is in it. So every season you must bring out its fruit. There's no question of whether I will bring out because divine approval and anointing is on it. Because what he's doing is not sourced from the hidden world, it's not sourced from the devil. Can you imagine God putting his, his approval when you are doing things of the kingdom of darkness? Message, verse 2. This message, message said in verse 2. Message. That verse 2. It says, look at how message put it. It said, instead you thrill to God's word. You chew on scripture day and night. You are a tree replanted in Eden. It is amazing. You chew on God's word. You have not, your wisdom is not from them. You know, like I said on Thursday, these things may not look wise in the eyes of the world. They will call you names, fanatic. We to go to church like you, <laughs> do all manner of stuff. Because it won't make sense. For the things of God never make sense. But they make power. Praise the Lord. James 4, 6. But he gives more, he gives more and more grace. I'm reading Amplified. But he gives more and more grace, power of the Holy Spirit to meet this evil tendency and all other food. Of, that he gives more and more grace, gives more power. That is what he says. God sets himself against the proud and haughty and he gives grace continually, continually to the lowly. Those who are humble enough to receive what he's saying, he gives more power. He gives more approval. He gives more. His manifest presence is walking in them. They know his presence. They know that this is the source of the power. It's coming from him. Power belongs to God. Brethren, let me say now, in case you have been deceived, no man has the power of God. God uses man. Man does not use God. God comes to work on you when he wills. The power resides exclusively in God. That's why you can't stand up and decide to heal people when you want. You can't do that. It's when the Holy Spirit wants, as when he wills, that he manifests his glory. All this thinking, I carry anointing. Go and sit down. You are carrying pride. He uses you when he wants, and then he leaves you alone when he's done. So God gives continually. He gives, he uses the humble. He manifests his presence, like in Jesus, the power of miracle, the power of signs and wonders, the power of grace. His life, his words were full. They say his word was full of wisdom. Where did he get this thing? It's coming from God, his father. See, the words I speak are not my own. And the word had it. They say, we have never had anything like this. With authority, he speaks. 
And that word never fell to the ground. Gives grace continually to the home. Let me read some examples for us. Examples. Daniel. Look at Daniel. Daniel chapter 6 verse 20. And when he came to the, to the den, that's the true Daniel in lion's den to eat him raw, which is natural. But God is a supernatural God. That's what I, I mean, you need to listen to Thursday to be able to really hook onto this. God is a supernatural God. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable, that is the king that threw him there, lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, Oh, Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually? This is a hidden king describing this man's life. The Bible said that we must have testimony of those who are without. This is a hidden king giving testimony of this man, Daniel. The God whom thy service continually is he able to deliver thee from the lions? Daniel said, yes, the Lord knows how to deliver the righteous from all their troubles. His word is true, yea and amen. You don't teach him that. He knows how to. Why? They have his seal of approval. His anointing is upon them. Touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. It's not what you talk loosely. The Bible said the Lord knows how to deliver the righteous from all their troubles. Troubles shall come, yes, but he will deliver them from all of them. They don't have to be afraid of nothing. Let's finish that. I'm not finished reading that. Daniel. Whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. See, very, very humble man. The honors people. No pride in him. He honors the king. This man threw him into lion's den. But look at how he greeted him. Greeted him with respect. There's no pride in him. No vengeance in him. Nothing. He recognized him as a king. He said, Daniel said unto the king, O king, live forever. This is a man that threw him into a lion's den. We men. <laughs> this is a man that threw him into a lion's den. Then verse 21, 22. My God has sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouth that they have not hurt me for as much as before him innocency was found in me and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. God said, this guy has my approval, my anointing. You can't touch him. Touch not my anointing. The anointing fights. The most dangerous person to fight is somebody God has anointed. He won't say anything, but I will advise you, don't try it. Don't you dare. The result will be very, very sad. Don't you try. Please. Don't let the devil put you against the divine anointing. People who have done it have paid great price for it. My God sent his angel. Why? The eyes of the Lord is upon the righteous. He says, my eyes is upon the righteous to deliver them. But he says, I'm against the proud every day of their life because they will not submit to me. They think they can live without me. They pay their service to me. I will lift him everywhere I go. I will lift him up. But he doesn't. 
He lies even in church. He lies even in church. He's telling lies because he doesn't. Once he lives there, God, he's not conscious of divine presence. He's not aware of who is there. So he does what he likes. People still carry anger and don't forgive me. They don't know God. They don't know. They have no idea who he is. Whether he's there or not, they're not aware of him. They go to church, do all these things, but they're not aware of him. Because people who are aware of him, they live a different lifestyle. They know before whom they stand. Look at Paul, Acts chapter 28. Once we were safe on shore, now they had a shipwreck. And then the challenge arose. Once we were safe on shore, we learned that we were on the island of Malta. The people of the island were very kind to us. It was cold and rainy. So they built a fire on the shore to welcome us. And Paul gathered a handful of sticks and was laying them on the fire. A poisonous snake, driven out by the heat, beat him on the hand. The people of the island saw it hanging from his hand and said to each other, Aha! A murderer is here, no doubt. Though he escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to live. Paul didn't say, let me reply let me defend myself. Let me explain to you people what's happening. Is this anything? I told you people who know his presence, they leave the judgment to God. Because they know he's there. They know he's listening. They know he's watching. They know he walks, he acts. They know that justice is his. They leave it to him. Jesus, the Bible says Jesus, when he was revived, didn't reply. He left it to him. Because he said, my father has not left me. He left it to him. They don't try to prove anything. There's nothing to prove. They are under authority. They are really under authority. There's nothing to prove. So Paul didn't respond. Paul didn't try to explain. Paul didn't quote scripture. That person said, no, you people are wrong. Okay, see what God will do. Because God replies with action. Let me repeat that. God replies with action. Because his anointing does something. He proves his presence. He proves his presence. Remember when, when Miriam and they spoke against Moses, God said, these guys don't know that this man has my approval. That's why I said, don't fight that. It's, it's not good. Say, this man has my approval. And if because Aaron was a priest, he was not a leper. Because God will not violate his word. But Miriam became a leper. Because Aaron has become, was a priest. He would not be a leper. Because God does not withdraw his gifts and calling. But all pay price for it. So now this snake, let, let's see what happened. I haven't finished reading. And Paul shook off the snake into the fire and was unharmed. Then the people waited for him to swell up or suddenly drop dead. But when they had waited a long time and saw that he wasn't harmed, God answered by action. The anointing speaks. The presence of God is there. God, God is a God of action. His signature is power. God's divine signature is power. He said, my kingdom is not only in words, but in and demonstration of my spirit in the life of every Christian that's in that kingdom. So they were waiting for Paul to die. 
But when they had waited a long time and saw that he wasn't harmed, they changed their minds. Paul said nothing. Paul didn't have to say anything. Because Paul said, I know in whom I believe. That's all. He said, even Paul said, everybody abandoned me, but God has not left me. He, he, I will read it here. He said, he said and, they, and then they said, whoa. They changed their minds. A lot of people now, they will change their mind with it. Don't fight. Don't be a grudge. Just keep quiet. Just don't say anything. They, you tell them what, what God is saying. They, they argue. Don't bother yourself with time. They will change their mind. Because experience will teach them. They change their mind. Don't fight your husband. Don't fight your wife. Don't worry about it. They will, they will all change their mind. They changed their minds and decided he was a God. <laughs> From murderer to God. But you know, in a way, they were right. The scripture said, you are gods. I taught it on Thursday. For ye are gods. Then Paul explained what happened. In 2 Timothy 4.16, he explained it. He said, the first time I was brought before the judge, no one came with me. Look at knowing the manifest presence of God. That was what drives his life. No one came with me. Nobody was with me. Everyone abandoned me. He again didn't argue. He didn't try to say, oh, you guys have you. I thought we were friends. Why did you? No such a thing. He was focused on one person. He knew who was there. That was an important person. He said, everyone abandoned me. May it not be counted against them. So I have nothing to prove, nothing against them. May it not be counted against them. But the Lord stood with me. He knew his presence. He knew he was there. You are not telling Paul any story. He knew divine presence was with him. The Lord was there. The Lord was there. He knew it. That's, that is coming to know God. That's a level of knowing God. That's a level of knowing God. And you begin to live in that awareness of his presence. You can't say anything like anyhow anymore. You will not be able to live anyhow anymore because you know he's there. You know he's there. This is not what you conjure up. It's not, it's not you see in a vision or something. No, it's a knowing by your spirit that he's there. Uh, let me share this. No, let me finish this question. He said, he said, but the Lord stood with me and gave me strength. <laughs> gave me strength. These people can't give me strength. They abandoned me, yeah, but they are not the source of my strength. They are not. So why should I fuss about them? They are not the source of my blessing. They are not the, the source of the anointing. I, the, I need thee every hour. God, you are the one I need most. The man said, the Lord stood by me. He is the source of my victory. These ones that abandoned me are not. They are not. I need him every hour. Strengthen, so gave me strength so that I might preach the good news in its entirety to all the Gentiles to hear. And he rescued me from certain death. These people can't. He only can. That's what I, I, I care about. Having his manifest presence in my life. 
having his approval, putting his approval on me because I can do nothing of my own and because he is the greatest of all. So why should I go after something that is low grade, can't do anything? He said he rescued me from certain death. Only him can. Only him can. 18, yes, the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack. And he did the mortar. <laughs> he did the mortar. <laughs> so the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack. Sure. And the mortar, he didn't have to fight the devil. He didn't bind. He didn't lose. He didn't call fire. Fire, nothing. He said, I know his presence is here. Let them try. They will all fall. He didn't even pray. We didn't pray, brethren. What confidence in the living God. Talk of faith in God. This is rock-solid faith in divine God. He didn't talk. The Bible says Jesus was taken like a sheep to the slaughter. He opened it not his mouth. Why? Because he said, he will, not leave my, he will not leave my body in the grave. He didn't open his mouth. They asked him question upon, are you this? The Bible says he did not talk to them until they were all shocked and surprised. Because he didn't, it wasn't necessary. God will do what he has planned. He will, every, he will deliver me from every attack and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. And he said, all glory to God forever and ever. And everybody say, amen. <clears throat> Let me read that Ezekiah. I would have read Joseph, there's no time. Let me read one more, and we'll close with this. Second Kings chapter 18. Hezekiah, son of Ahaz, began to rule over Judah in the third year of King Hoshea reign in Israel. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. 29 years. His mother was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah. He did what was Pleasing in the Lord's sight, just as his ancestor David had done for. He removed the pagan shrines. Brethren, the Bible said those things that so easily trip us down, we should remove the pagan shrines. We should remove the, the impurities that clog divine move. We should remove these things that block our spiritual eye, that limit the anointing of God in us, lest we live like Samson. The Philistines have come, the hair is gone, there's no anointing. Look at what this guy did. Man, it's time to clean out the house, man. Because there's enough power in the kingdom. There's enough glory. Our father is greater than all. Remove the pagan shrines. Smash the sacred pillars. Cut down the asherah post. He broke up the bronze serpent that Moses had made. Because the people of Israel have been offering sacrifices to it. You see? What <laughs> was this made for them to look up to? Now I became a God to them. Brother, let me make a statement. And I think I said it to some of the people here. One thing. You come to church to worship God. You don't come to church to worship church. And don't interject yourself into your Christian life. It will be a disaster. Don't try that. The devil will ruin your life. Always make Jesus the center of your life. For without him, we can do nothing. 
Don't interject yourself. It's not about you, what you did in it. It's about Jesus, what he can do in your life. And so this man cleaned the house. Verse 5. Verse 5. Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. There was no one like him among all the kings of Judah, and either before and after his time. Verse 6. He remained faithful to the Lord in everything. Lift him up high. I will lift him up everywhere I go, in everything. And he carefully obeyed all the commands the Lord had given Moses. And the Lord was with him. That's what I'm saying. The Lord was with him. The, God, the Lord revealed his manifest presence to him by action. You know that you see him by action. And Hezekiah was successful in everything he did. God put his anointing on it, his approval on it. He revolted against the devil that not serving you. Let me tell you something. Very recently, the devil, the, the devil said to me, he said, your wife is home. He didn't come to make breakfast for you. I said, leave her alone. She's my wife. It's not yours. Leave her for me. It's not your wife. I married her. Devil. Okay? I married her. Is it your wife? Leave her alone. I love her for my ministry is love my wife. I don't care what. He, he said, he should have come and made food for you. He's home. I said, you didn't hear me. I married her. It's not your wife. Leave her for me. Leave my, life for, leave my wife for me. I don't care how she sees my wife. I'm proud of her. I love her. Yep. I'm telling you. Wanted to sow lies in man. And my wife was so tired, having worked. They work every day, so tired. It was my pleasure for her to sleep some more and get some more rest. I could want food. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not weak. I'm strong, man. I can beat up 100 people. But the devil sneaked in to want to sow that evil. And I said, she's my wife. She's not your wife. And I'm happy. Leave her for me. Please. If somebody comes to talk to you about your wife, tell them to leave her for you. It's not their wife. Let them go and marry. Yeah. I don't even know why I'm saying this. You know, sometimes the Lord moves you in different places. So we see what Hezekiah did, and because our time is up, I couldn't read about Joseph. How the Bible said, they said the Lord was with him. Even Pharaoh said, we can't find a man upon whom the Spirit of God is than this man. But this Joseph resisted the wife of his pastor. And when they put him in jail, he didn't argue. He didn't defend himself. He didn't say, I didn't, no, I didn't, I swear, I didn't. No, he didn't do anything. He knew God was there. He said to that woman, how can I sin against God? He said, I know his presence. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Let's bow our heads to pray. I want you to talk to the Lord now. I don't know what the Holy Spirit is talking to you about. I don't know what the Lord is talking to you about. You've got to sweep house. 
There are things you need to take off of your life. They have cheated you long enough. Can't you understand? Pays no dividend whatsoever. You want divine approval because without him, you can do nothing. And there's nothing greater than him. All of you there want you also to participate in this prayer I'm talking about. You got to part- if you want to benefit from this sermon, you got to bend your, bend your face now and begin to think, meditate, talk to the Lord, and let the Holy Spirit help you. Again, this is one way you, you, you put yourself under his authority. When he says something, you honor it. If you don't honor his word, your own words will fall to the ground. It's not the time to be self-righteous. Let's get, get down to real business. There are companies you must leave immediately. There are people you must leave immediately. I'm not kidding you. You've got to. Because they have clogged your life longest time. They prevented you from knowing the manifest presence of God. There are decisions you've made on your own, out of your own wisdom. You must take them out right now. The scripture said those things that easily, very easily trip us up. How long and how many times will we be falling over things? The things that slows us down. You know, self-righteous people have nothing to repent of. They are good to go. But God gives more grace to the humble. Let's humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God right now. And the Spirit of God will show you stuff if you want. That is, if you want to. He will show you things that you need to take out like Hezekiah. There are things you should break down right away. David says, search me, O Lord, and see if there's any wicked ways in me. You need God gushing, 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 not trickling, not trickling. We must move higher. There is greater glory to enjoy. It's out there for you. You've got to see God in his good, full way. We can't be living a mediocre Christian life. Just tagging along and going on neutral. You know, if you have never experienced it, you will, miss, you will miss it. But I'm telling you, it's out there. Peter said, we saw it. The excellent glory. 
Don't even struggle with things. Just come, say to the Lord, into your hand I put this. You are my deliverer, you are my helper. I can't handle it, only you can. Don't struggle with them because they will, you will not be able on your own. Cast all your bodies upon the Lord. He will take care of it. Don't struggle with anything. Hand it over to the Lord. He will take care of it. But you must desire to get out of those things. You must have a desire. It must be important to you. For who makes you to be different from the other? It is God. You can make yourself to be different. Next time you sing, everywhere I go, I will lift him up higher. You're there. You are not lying. You are serious, and that's what you are doing. You are me, all of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.